recorded live in your grandma's kitchen. This is Um Actually Comics for March 24th, 2021. Good evening, Bob. How are you doing today? Oh, you know, good. It was a nice day, a full of nice weather. God, it was gorgeous. It was really nice. It's been really awesome the last couple of days. Uh, yeah. I really like it quite a bit. Um, yeah, we got some comic books, uh, which is not, huh. uh, not a strange thing, but uh, I was <laughs> obviously very excited about our first comic, so I guess I'm going to get right into that since it is pretty much our first one. I'm going to skip one so that I can go straight to it. Alien number one from Marvel. Uh, I was very excited about. I love a good Alien book. I'm a huge Alien fan. Um, but that is that is to say I'm a discerning Aliens fan. I do not particularly just go for anything. And this was very exciting for me. This was great. I'm, I'm really stoked about this new book. Um, we got um, who is on this thing? It is Philip Kennedy Johnson and Salvador La Roca and Guru EFX, whoever that is. Some sort of computer program that does coloring. Um, they are the, the gurus of EFX. Yeah. Um, Not to be but, confused with the DOS of EFX. DOS FX. Man, I, I got to say, though, it's, <laughs> it's perfect. It's really like it's new stuff. It's a new take on Alien. It's, you know, you get the stuff that you want out of Alien. You get a good story about characters who are going in. There's a lot of colorful characters in it. And it, there's a reason for the story. And it expands the Alien universe in a really interesting way. And it's very Marvel. And it, all of those things are very positive to me. So um, I'm ridiculously looking forward to this. Obviously, I know the end game here is going to be to, you know, have the X-Men fight them eventually. But fuck it. I, I love the fact that this is this is right now an alien book from Marvel and just feels like that. Lots of horror. Lots of lots of like Marvel style storytelling. It's just awesome. Uh, I will also say that Action Comics number 1029 is out. Which yep. is, uh, I don't know, there, there's some sort of thing that goes on here. It's a massive Superman event. I don't know why. Oh. Okay. That's what they huh. say. Uh, it's All a John right. Kent story. I don't care. Um, let's see. Yeah. Ooh, we have, the, we have a uh, young adult graphic novel for Allergic. Uh, someone who's very allergic to things looks fun, uh, and we have yeah, the. It, does. it actually looks really good. Amazing Spider-Man number sixty-two, which is the. There was a terrifying cliffhanger last week where we saw, we had uh, Bullseye with the poor little baby Gog, whatever his name is. Uh, uh, my yes. my, my pet I think Gog. He is called Lil Gog. Or Lil, Lil Gog. Little Goggins, but he was uh, he was in the in the rifle sights, and we see the uh, the aftermath of that in this issue. It was great, loved it. Uh, yeah. Let's see, we got Barbalian, Red Planet, number five of five. That miniseries is now over. Uh, we got a trade paperback of Batman, Arkham, the Talia Al Ghul 
trade paperback? I have no fucking clue what this is. This is a weird selection. It's like, like uh, just sort of a who's who of of Arkham Asylum, I guess, is what this series of trade paperbacks is. So this is a lot of key appearances yeah. of Talia Al Ghul. So Son of the Demon One, Death in the Maidens Nine, President Luther Secret Files, Batman Villain Secret Files uh, Number One, Red Hood Lost Days. Batman and Robin 12. It's it's a weird bunch of stuff. But it's a hodgepodge. It is, it is quite the hodgepodge. We got uh Batman Superman number 16. Looks really good. Ooh. I did not actually yeah, read it. It was really good. good. No, it's um I, I it starts so basically the entire thing is like uh uh I don't know. It, Ivan Rice drew it, so it's the like yeah. the art team of um, Blackest Night. Uh, so it's like really good art. And then Gene uh, Lu and Yang is the writer, and he's like the Superman Smashes the Clan writer. Mm-hmm. It's basically like Golden Age Superman and Golden Age Batman, and the entire thing unfolds with two different stories that kind of eventually intersect, told as if they're like movie serials. But then there's the little twist at the Weird. end um, that might. Uh, I don't know. They're doing something with this Earth Zero is the D- one of the DC things, and this is like so. If 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 me saying the words Earth Zero means something to you, you're following DC, and you know that this is a book that you probably want to check. Okay. Out. Interesting. But if you're just like if you're just into like Golden Age Superman and Golden Age Batman and Robin, and it's like literally Batman and Robin, like he's like Robin, drive the Batmobile, and Robin's like, yeah, <laughs> it's like. I don't know. It's it's just really cool. And the art's great. It's cool. I liked it. Nice. Uh, we got Batman Black and White, number four of six. This is the first full appearance of the new Robin, uh, I believe. And It is a new Robin. Yes. Yes. And she's great. Uh, the dynamic is really great because it's nice to have the Batman and Robin where the Robin is like, all right, boss, let's go do it. You know, she's just like <laughs> yes. kind of gung-ho. And it's a, but it's a, it's a ghost story. Um, and then you got like a Riley Rosmo and a Nick Bradshaw, Chip Zdarsky. There's this is pretty good. No, that is definitely like that's it. that's funny you mentioned that. That is definitely a dynamic that I have been missing from Batman stories. The like, yeah. the, like excited yeah, Robin who's boss. like, yeah, who's like, oh, I can't wait to go out and fight crime. Woohoo! That's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, and speaking of Batman and fighting crime. How about uh, Batman White Knight presents Harley Quinn number six of six out today? Um, this is the obviously the wrap up for this mini series. And if you were, I love Harley Noir, yeah, me too. And if you were devastated great, by one of the design. events that I'm not going to that I'm not going to spoil, uh, don't worry. This issue is going to make up for it. Um, I don't want to spoil anything for anybody for any of these things, but, uh, but this is a great issue. Uh, and you know, they're all, the whole series has been fun. So I would say, pick it up if you are a fan. Um, yeah. If you liked, if you liked Sean's regular series, you're going to like this one. It's really good. And Mateo is awesome. Yeah. So yeah. Dave, Dave Stewart doing the colors too. Dave Stewart. It's a, it's a grand slam. Totally. Uh, Big Girls Trade Paperback Volume 1. This is essentially uh, 
I guess, ladies who are kaiju, basically, if you want to break it yeah, down. Yeah, it's, it's like Attack of the 50-Foot Women that fight. Versus Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, great. Uh, Bitterroot number 11 is out. Ooh, uh, just a shout-out. If you've been, um, if you've been uh, following, like, Bitterroot is like a series that you've heard really good things about, but you're like a kind of like, oh, I tried an issue, and it, there was like so much going on. This is like jumping on point nailed it nice. nailed it just like page one of this comic tells you everything you need to know about it and it's really really good i love bitterroot awesome love um it. so we have a really cool hardcover out now uh this is a thing called black comics returns comics with an x uh this is a follow-up to the 2010 black comics uh book which was uh a big, like nearly 200 pages of just all, all black contributors. Uh, it was done by professor John, uh, John Jennings and Dr. Damien Duffy. My God, they have comic book alliterative names. I didn't even notice that until I said <laughs> it out loud. They have real Stanley names. Uh, but, uh, yeah. And the idea was just to, by the way, there's a bunch of stuff going on that nobody's paying any attention to. Come look at this stuff. And it's amazing. And it is probably terribly embarrassing, the number of names in this book that I went through. And I was like, who the hell is this? I have absolutely no clue who any of these people are. So I will do my best to uh, change that. There's some great stuff in this book. And it's a really beautiful presentation. Although... As much as it's a beautiful presentation, yeah. it's also a beautiful presentation that will really fuck up your bookshelf. It is like, it's record size. It's like a 12-inch <laughs> LP size, yeah. which it is, luckily I have a shelf specifically for that stuff in my house, so I can I can adapt to this one, but it is kind of problematic for a lot of, a lot of bookshelves, but it's still, it's yeah, it, worth it. Because it's wide, and yeah. it's not the height of it. It's nope. the width of no, it. No, it's the width. It's definitely one of yeah. those ones that sticks off your shelf. But, uh, but yeah, it's beautiful. Gorgeous cover. Uh, and, like, like yeah. I said, it's going to be a lot of stuff that I think will be brand new to even people who have been trying to seek some of this stuff out. Because some of these contributors are very, very indie. And, uh, yeah. and it's, it's really it, great stuff. Um, looks great yep and of course we have Black Panther number 24 out we have uh, that's got not only do we have the uh, the Women's History Month cover with Shuri on it which is amazing there's also the Michael Cho beautiful two-tone cover which is just god uh, damn yeah. those are so beautiful I, I want yeah. them to I I never wear comic book t-shirts, but if they have half a brain in their head, they will make all of these into shirts. I would absolutely wear ringers of pretty much any one of these shirts. They're so good. They're such beautiful designs. Um, yeah, well, I like the, uh, the, the the Black Panther one, too, because it's yeah. like it is just straight black and white, whereas yeah. a lot of them are kind of like three color. It's nice to have the like. Yeah, design stand on its own on that way. It's very striking cover. Cool. Totally. Uh, Blade Runner Origins number two is out, and Cable number nine is out. And if you are a 
an old school cable fan, and uh, if you're somebody who likes uh, likes the old series, there may be something happening in this issue that you might want to check out. Uh, very, Ooh. very interesting development in this particular comic. I was, uh, I, hmm. I'm, and it's also a, a very like X Men current like talking about the Krakoa protocols and everything. There's a, there's a big interesting plot development here that I'm curious to see what they do with. Um, and I, I love the it's issue. Like I, I picked l- the wrong X-Men book to flip through. I, I, I have never, I have not disliked a single issue of this, this arc so far. I think cable is like one of the most solid X books period. I love the fact that it's mostly about, uh, about him and Esme with a really adorable little romance going on and the white queen just being, you know, the angry nanny type. It's, it's awesome. It's just, it's, it's a goddamn delight is what it is. Uh, it's awesome. So, um, yeah, can't recommend it enough to X fans. Okay. Here's one, uh, that I was pretty skeptical about going in. Carnage, Black, White, and Blood, number one. Carnage is one of those characters that is very so one-note that the idea of trying to have yeah. him float anything is tough. And the first story in this definitely illustrates that. It's a, it's a really well-done story. It's, there are three stories, I think, in this. And the first one is, like, trying to do, like, a Carnage story, and it's like, he's got one note. He is crazy and <laughs> kills people. And it's like, there's not a yeah. lot of place to go from there. Because he starts at a 10 and stays at a 10 from the beginning to the end. There's never any arcing for this character or anything. It's just, yep, full-on 90s. Well, I mean, is is Carnage essentially just, like, when in the 90s, like, when Venom became super-duper popular and they wanted to kind of, like, have a book with him but they didn't want him to be a villain anymore they just yes. wanted to have so they just like created carnage so they were like let's make one that's just like the most villainous version of venom that we could make i think and then that way venom could be kind of like a anti-hero i think that certainly right was like probably so he's, part of the idea i mean it was really have a lot it was during that time when marvel was just struggling to stay afloat and anything that was successful they wanted to do 15 of and so like when they did yeah. the when the clone saga was keeping them afloat, it was like supposed to be an eight issue series. And they were like, maybe it should be a 10 issue series. Maybe it should be a 15 issue series. <laughs> uh, let's, let's stretch that out to 30 issues. It could probably be 35 issues, right? Ooh. Why not? Um, <laughs> and, you know, and literally like in those, those, uh, what are the two morrows books about the history of comics? They basically say that if they'd stopped printing the clone wars, they would have gone under. You know, like that, that was, or the clone saga. I mean, that, that was literally what kept Marvel afloat. So they could not stop essentially. Um, and you know, whatever it's, it's fine. Uh, So anyway, I I did, there's, there is one. Oh, absolutely. But there's one story in this that ruled. There is a, an old West story of the carnage symbiote going into an old uh, wild West kind of character and, him murdering people at saloons and whatnot. It's actually pretty good. And, uh, and I guess technically it's the first <laughs> appearance cool of a new it. character, uh, the, a new host of, uh, 
of Carnage as well because he's a crazy Wild West guy. So the, obviously, old man Carnage. Well, I mean, but the 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 new the new Donny Cates version of Symbiotes is that there's a codex inside this hive mind that that stores all of the the former hosts so they can access them at yeah. any time. And so technically this guy can come back. You know, at some point this could he could be a thing that shows up because he's in the codex. So that's kind of cool. Well, but was it Carnage the symbiote like the spawn of Venom? Like isn't Carnage's yes. symbiote essentially like the son of Venom? Yeah. I'm not sure how this works if it's just like a an Elseworlds kind of story where they were just like, fuck it, we're going to tell this. Yeah, that was kind of how I... Yeah. But, you know, I mean, Spider-Gwen is still around, so I know. anything, you know. Right. If it's exactly. in a popular... If it's in a comic and, and, it, and, it, and it hits with a, with a few readers, Marvel <laughs> will keep it around for fucking ever. Well, absolutely. I mean, Which, wasn't... I mean, why wouldn't you? But... W- I mean, Gwenpool was literally, like, not a character. It was a parody cover on the cover of Howard the Duck. And they said, wow, this Howard the Duck cover is very popular. Let's make it a book. So, eh, you know, at Marvel, anything is possible. Who knows? Yes. (laughs) Um, We... Oh. I wonder if that Gwenpool cover of Howard the Duck is the most popular issue of Howard the Duck ever. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> like the I most... wonder if it's sold more than I think any right. issue of Howard the Duck. Ever. Well, it, it was a I variant. Know. I think Just... it was like a one in twenty-five or a one in fifty. So uh, there weren't that many of them, but it definitely is the most expensive Howard the Duck comic. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I think I think I it am. commands more money than almost any other Howard the Duck. Um, let's see. We got a really awesome Super 7 figure, the uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon silver screen reaction. It's uh, oh, it's so beautiful. I love, that. I love that guy. I love him too. And this is the crazy black and white version. And they put him in this amazing nice. display box that makes him look like a toy that you were supposed to put in an aquarium. But it somehow makes it classy. Don't know why, huh. uh, but it's still a three and three quarters figure. It's like G.I. Joe scale, like little G.I. Joe scale. It's awesome. Huh. It's I wish I had seen that. It's really good. Um, yeah, I it's so it's so tempting for me to get all of these because I started I I'm very specific about toys that I will take out of the store. Like I don't I try very hard to not take anything home, but yeah. The thing is, the one thing that I collect in the world is the old Remco mini monsters from the 80s. And so they were they were this exact scale. Basically, Super 7 is aping them with their their line. And so now there's all these amazing mini monsters. And I'm like, maybe I should. But it's a slippery slope, man. It's a slippery yeah. goddamn slope. That's what. That's why I like living in a small house because there's yeah. only so many places I could put things, and if I don't have a place to put something, it's hard to justify. Uh, so true. Um, but you know, <laughs> then I go to Target and I see the Miles Morales Lego set, and I'm like, "Fuck, I gotta yeah. get it." <laughs> that thing is um, cool, by the way. I don't know if you've seen that thing. It's I'm awesome. sure it is. It's like an exoskeleton. <laughs> 
like basically it's got like a lego like hands that you make out and it's like but it's miles morales from spider-verse so he's got like the hood and the cool the cool miles morales costume i don't know it's cool anyway we gotta not digress and have another half hour and a half episode like last nah it's fine we're doing fine we're already in scene it's only been 20 (laughs) that's why you have me here (laughs) i'm like literally yeah i'm blowing through these not really uh crimson flower number three uh we're on c (laughs) i don't even fucking remember what this book was about i remember thinking it was pretty good this is this is that matt kent uh, you know i like the yeah with the weird uh like art i shouldn't say weird art but with the art but it's like clearly like someone that's like super into crom and like yeah um, well it's it's got weird the story was really hard to follow yeah the story was really hard to that's what it was um I thought it was interesting, but I had no idea what was going on. That was what happened. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but, you know, it looks cool. cool as fucking hell. Um, we have a trade paperback for Deceased, finally. Um, yeah. Ha- such high marks on this book. If this sounds at all, even in the slightest, like something you want to read, I cannot tell you enough how awesome it is. It's... Um, it's so funny because when it came out, I was I was the the biggest of its detractors when it first happened. I was like, "This is just this is stupid. Why are you making a Marvel Zombies for DC now? Twenty years after yeah. anyone gives a shit about a fucking zombie." And then I read it and I was like, "This is so much better than what I gave it credit for," and I love it. Yeah, I think it's wonderful. So yeah, and then Marvel was like, "Hey." Like we could do Marvel zombies, zombies again. again, and it's well. You know? But then they did that thing that was I mean, really it awesome. Was good. They did the really good one yeah. in the middle of that, so they also like, stepped yeah. up. So that was nice. Um, but deceased was was not really like it. It seemed like it was going to be a retread of Marvel zombies, but yeah. it really was uh, a unique take on you know, like yeah, it had zombie version of DC yeah. guys, but it was like it was more like crossing DC with. Um, like 21 days later you know like yeah. like it's like a bio virus and not like a dead undead kind of thing um and also they went really interesting cool places oh with yeah it. no it's it's great i thought and i thought the dead planet was even better that was yeah that I was liked it. amazing so yeah read it uh detective comics 1034 yeah, is a thing that i do oh, not man. read there's well, the first story is really good. It's the new Bruce Wayne is poor and lives in a tenement building. So, like, uh, <laughs> apparently that's like DC's thing now is like everyone lives Everybody's, in a tenement building. I was noticing um, that you got three different tenement building owners in DC right now. That was weird. Yeah, yeah. But there's a really cool thing at the there's a so there's going to be a new Robin series, and there's this the people who are doing that the creative team that's doing that is has done a backup in detective of Robin and uh, there's a wicked cool uh, like character that I had not thought about in a very long time that I like quite a bit nineties um, character uh, DC oh, character cool. that hasn't really seen a lot of uh, um... uh... I'm showing it to Trista right now. Which oh, is my God. oh my God. Oh my God. I, I yeah, couldn't yeah. even figure out who it was. Holy shit. Yeah, no, it took, oh it took my a second. Because also out of context, like if you read the the backup, you get you get a sense of 
Like, but that's it's wow. Cool. It's that's a cool, actually it's a cool really return. Awesome. Yeah, it is. I uh, thought it was great. Great one idea. Of, one and of my also, favorite characters too. Like, I was a yeah. huge fan of that particular era. So yeah, me too. Uh, so I'm I'm very excited about that. I did not know that that happened. Cool. Uh, hmm. Die die die. Number fourteen. Die die die. Die is out. Uh, it has Obama beating the shit out of aliens. So if you needed a one-off episode of Die, 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 where they just stop the series and just have Obama punching aliens in an intergalactic boxing ring wearing gigantic mech gloves that say hope and change on them in metal, covered in blood. Um, (laughs) That's the one. It came out. Your book. It's here. (laughs) It's the book for you if that was what you wanted. Uh, and yeah. also, I think that that's a very unflattering uh, depiction I of, like the cover. of Obama because I think Obama's in better shape than that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, I honestly, I like, until mm. you said it was Obama, like I didn't even pick up on the fact that it was supposed to be him. Like, no, like, no, Obama's in way better shape than that. Anyway, uh, yeah. b- let's see. I don't know. Dune, House of Trades, number five, is out. I am not paying attention to this. I have no idea what's going on in it. Um, I bet it's about the characters from the novel Dune is my my guess. Yes. Unfortunately, if you don't read this comic book, when the movie comes out, you will have no idea what's going on. You will not know. Um, (laughs) Just kidding. I don't know. I don't know anything. Uh, East of West, the Apocalypse (laughs) Year 2 hardcover is out. This is that hardcover. Uh, I believe that is the one that went out of print and started going for obscene amounts of money. So now it's back in print, and you can have that, and it's good. Um, hmm. Excalibur, number 19, is out. There's some Excalibur stuff that goes on, probably. It's um, still so weird for me to have a comic where uh, Betsy Braddock and Psylocke are two different characters. Um, yeah. But it was cool. I flip, this is the X-Men book that I flipped through instead of Cable, so... Um, you you know. see, I, Excalibur has always been one of those ones that, like, I loved when it was, like, full-on goofiness for, like, the first, you know, back in the old days when it first started. I loved the first 60 yeah. issues of goofy Excalibur, and then it started getting 90s and I don't know that I've really liked an Excalibur book since then. They gave it over to Chris Claremont to come back and do, like, his own thing, and it felt like this weird fan fiction where he was just ignoring continuity, and he was like, this is how I would do it. And it was like, oh, kind of not as good as how everybody else did it. Uh-oh. Oh, (laughs) Oh, well. Uh, But, yeah, I liked liked the first few issues of this Excalibur, I guess, but, you know, it's it's not one that I'm going to stick with. I might actually yeah, go back and I would trades. actually call this one. What's yeah, that? I would call it a Captain Britain series more than you I call see, it. See, I agree Excalibur with that. Series. It does not feel like Excalibur at all. It's like I want a swashbuckling yeah. uh, Nightcrawler if I'm going to have. If you're going to call this Excalibur, Nightcrawler needs to have two swords and be in it. You can't just put him in some sort of. I mean, weird, I think Nightcrawler. Weird religious one. Yeah, Nightcrawler, I think, is in it. But uh, that said, um, I to me, I was a huge fan of Excalibur uh, 
at that time, like that you were just referring to. And to me, Excalibur is like a five person team. And like you could sub Brian Braddock yeah, yeah. for Betsy Braddock pretty easily for me. I think it would still work. Yeah. But like it's still like it's those guys. It's Nightcrawler, Rachel, uh, mm-hmm. Kitty, and Captain Britain and Megan. Like it's like, you know, like some some dynamic of it. Right. Because it was like that was it it I don't know. It just it felt different because of that because it wasn't this huge cast book it was like yeah. uh i don't know i it it just like, like i really liked it there and, isn't um, and it, it was it was a seminal book for me yeah this doesn't have the same dynamic to me it's the dynamic of excalibur no. for me has always been a bunch of youngish goofballs who are enjoying the world and they're just kind of like sort of new mutants age and then they're put into this magical fantasy realm and they're kind of like goofing off and having fun or whatever, but there are things going on that are crazy. And then one Captain Britain type stoic douchebag who's like, everybody behave, you know, and without that, I don't feel like it really is the same series at all. I feel like that's the core dynamic is the one like you need to have like the parent who's like uber stoic and then everybody else who's kind of like a fun loving hippie out in the middle of you know, Arthurian nonsense. Yeah. I mean, for me personally, it's like they have to live in a lighthouse. And if they don't live in a lighthouse, it's not Excalibur. Just kidding. Uh, (laughs) uh, Fantastic Four, Epic Collection, Master Plan of Doom. Uh, It's an ill-fated plan. Let's just say that. This is a bad plan. I don't know what issues are in this. I'm looking at it right now. And I, have I think no it's just idea. a hodgepodge of looks, early Doctor Doom appearances from yeah, it looks the pretty hodgepodge. It's the early FF, quite podgy. Yes, uh, it, I, I I didn't totally totally look at it, but it looks like it's like the like Doctor Doom didn't really have his personality yet. Maybe he like develops it over the course of these stories, um, and he goes from being like just a guy who shows up and fucking does like throws the back to the building into space or whatever he does, you know, like just more like maniac wah, wah, wah kind of villain and less, you know, but I don't know. Those are all fun choices. That closely. Um, listen, <laughs> what we do have here is we've got garbage pail kids. We have the food fight series <laughs> packs in stock. So if you need garbage pail kids, we have them. Uh, if you need guardians of the galaxy, number 12, We've got those as well. Oh, I didn't, forgot to look at this. I didn't read it. Uh, apparently, people were very excited mm. about the uh, the Gamora Man-Thing crossover cover because that sold out for some reason. Mm, I don't get it. Mm. <laughs> Who knows? I don't uh, know. We have Haha number three, which is the Roger Langridge uh, <laughs> crazy, <laughs> crazy mime story real fun it's really good i mean honestly it makes more linear sense than uh, uh almost anything i've read from uh maxwell prince or w maxwell prince like it it definitely like if you ever pick up like his stuff and you're like i don't really get it it's cool but i don't really get it like this one like you you'll get it it's a fucking bummer but like you'll get it <laughs> yes uh and it's it's great like i I actually really really like this comic um but holy fuck 
Yeah, this was it, a it sad depressing. one. Yeah. Yeah. That was too bad. Yeah. <laughs> that was I mean, it's funny. Sad. It's weird, too, because it's like like 90% of it is really funny and goofy and silly and cool and cute. And it's a mime who isn't making any money. And then he finds this robot at the dump and he incorporates the robot into his mime routine and starts making money and befriends this little girl and she's like tries to mime with her pet frog and there's all these kind of cute moments and um is that frog then, alive you know it is are you sure it is pretty sure it, it had x's second, on its eyes pretty sure pretty sure it had x's yeah on but i think eyes. that's just how i think that's just how he drew it because like keep in mind this is language who drew the muppets it's got very sure. curve of the frog-esque eyes but like there's uh at the end when she uh like is at, oh hey hey don't the, spoil the yeah at the end when she's at the place you can oh, tell yeah, that yeah. the frog is alive okay fair enough all also, right it says things it says oh things. that's right it does say things i forgot about that <laughs> i mean uh, it says one frog word but it's a word <laughs> yeah it's it's speaking froggies so that's fine frog does look dead i will give you that it took me a second <laughs> definitely she's also holding it like under the arms like it can't yeah, yeah. move of its own volition <laughs> totally. uh either way great comic. and it has access for eyes and it has access for eyes it's a great comic and and this is a great issue particularly yep. i love the b cover a lot uh that's the, the one i got the rentler yeah. cover so good oh my god this one who did you, this? uh his he goes by B Rentler. He's done another. He did another one of uh, another one of the uh, Ice Cream Man covers as well, um, oh. which was really good. He reminds me of um, oh my god, Winston Smith, the uh, the Dead Kennedys artist. Like that's so oh, cool. Like yeah, a lot. He's got that kind of thing going for him. I dig it. Yeah, there's like a collage kind of aspect to it that's really wicked cool. And it's funny because I love Roger Langridge. So like the idea that I did yeah. buy the cover that he drew is kind of, but I just, I, it's a really striking cover. It's great. Also, it says the names of the creators in this really cool stylized way, like a, like a show poster. Yeah. And I just, I thought it was, thought it was cool. It's great. Um, here's one Anywho. that is one of my favorite books of the week. Uh Harley Quinn, number one. Uh, this is you dug this. I loved it. I more than dug it. I thought it was cool. great. Riley Rosmo, uh, written by Phillips. Which Phillips? Stephanie Phillips. Okay. Stephanie Phillips. Do I know her I from know anything is. else? No. Um, I don't. I think she's one of the new Carapa DC writers. This is. Honestly, this premise is so fucking smart. It makes me want to slap somebody. Um, I I'm like, where has this premise been the entire career of Harley Quinn as a character at DC? I fucking love this. Uh, in a nutshell, what we get is we get honestly two two key premises here. Uh, Harley is going back to Gotham to apologize to all of the villains. She's got kind of a, a 12 step program that she's going through where she's apologizing. It's funny because it's very similar, even though these things clearly occurred simultaneously. It's not like this person saw the Falcon and winter soldier, but it's very much like the Falcon and winter soldier gag as well, where he's going to make amends at the beginning of the, of Falcon Winter Soldier. So, but I haven't, I haven't seen it yet, but 
either way, she's so going around and she. So I've ruined it for you. That's literally the whole plot. Uh, but she's going to like. She goes to Killer Croc. She bakes him a cake, and she's like, "I'm sorry for all the stuff I did." And then they get into a big fight, and it doesn't go well. Blah blah blah. So she has a whole list of people that she's going to go around trying to apologize to and make amends for her criminal behavior and, you know, all the things that she did while she was under the influence of the Joker. And she is also going to use her psychiatry skills to de-Jokerize Gotham to get the clowns unclowned, which is, to me, the best idea. The idea that she is specifically trying to help the criminals of Gotham and fix them using like using her crazy psychiatry knowledge for good, I think is untapped wonderfulness. And it makes the character that she's going up against a very fascinating choice. And it makes it a real like battle of wits kind of concept. And I, I think it's great. I think it's just clever as all hell. Cool. I uh, only flipped through it, so like uh, I think that I missed uh, the 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 premise stuff that you were talking about in it. And I am actually like I I love Riley Rosmo, and I will be on board for the series just because of the fact that Riley is drawing it. Jesus, Riley um, draws a has, fucking amazing Batman. By the way, like he Batman does. is I, in this, of, and it's I would spectacular. Yeah, actually, that was, like, really the only thing that I, like, flipping through it, I was like, there's a lot of Batman in this Harley Quinn comic, mm-hmm. uh, Was would be my only, like, kind of, like, huh, like, there's, like, a whole sequence in the middle that's, like, just Batman and no Harley Quinn, but it's, I guess it's only a couple pages, but it has, like, the coolest Batman panel I've seen in a dog's age. Yeah. Um, the one that, uh, where yeah. it's, like, a montage, like, within, oh, my God, it's so good. Yeah, um, that one's beautiful. But yeah, so now I really look forward to like really sitting down and reading it because um, it's. But it is. It's based yeah. around that premise from from the Joker War, where she promises Batman that she's going to try to be a better person and not hurt anyone and do all these things in, you know, like her whole her whole new shtick as a hero, and so he's kind of her keeper. So he's going to show up occasionally to just be dour and be like, why are you being such a dink? You know, like, hey, <laughs> yeah, quit being so crazy, you crazy kid. And I love it. Well, and it's cool to see, like, with, with Harley being, like, kind of, like, super popular and kind of being part of Suicide Squad and, like, Les being, like, like having like a lot more agency like it makes sense to have her kind of like on the outskirts of the batman universe as opposed to like the outskirts of the joker so it's cool to see like how they're gonna pull that off i agree and Um, it's also it it's also just it's nice to have her get rid of the hypersexualized version of her and change it to something different and you know get rid of the the like basically the abused spouse thing that was like her whole shtick and especially the glamorizing of that which was really really depressing like when a little girl would come into the store and be like i like harley quinn i'd be like oh fuck what do i do (laughs) jesus christ i don't want to set you up for this 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 is not something you should aspire to um and it's nice Mm. that that i could literally be like even with the content of this book, I could be like, here, you know what? This is fine. This is fine. It's 
sure, it's a little violent. Sure, it's a little whatever else. But at least it's not horrible. <laughs> you know, like, it's as a role model yeah. for a child, it's at least not terrible. So, whatever. Um, and speaking of uh, of Jimmy Palmiotti and, uh, and his wife, the Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey is also out <laughs> in hardcover. Yes. Uh, and so if you... Did you see that they're doing a Blondie graphic novel? No, I did not. They are doing like a in conjunction with the band Blondie novel with an oh, album tied to weird. it. Weird. Okay, that's very strange. Yeah. I thought that Yeah, yeah. I what the fuck did I see him doing? I thought I saw him on something yeah. really weird recently. Did you think I was talking about Blondie the comic strip? I absolutely <laughs> thought you meant Blondie and Dagwood. And I was like, huh. How are you going to hypersexualize Blondie from Blondie and Dagwood? I guess probably pretty easily. I mean, honestly, Blondie is. Yeah, I think she she already was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, then, how are you going to hypersexualize Dagwood? (laughs) That's what you need to work on. I don't know. Well, you just need to get Mark Russell on that book. Anyway, whatever. Sorry. So true. Uh, King and Black. Constantly derailing the podcast. (laughs) King and Black scream number one. Wait, what? Yep, that's what it is. It is King and Black scream. Oh, because that starts with K. Yes, K. And Maestro War and Pax number three. We've got a Marvel Select. Oh, that's weird. It says Rampaging Hulk on our website. It is Immortal Hulk uh, on the packaging, so I don't know what the hell's going on with that, but uh, maybe they just rebranded it because they were like, eh, it's the same fucking Hulk. Let's just do the new series and put a new word on it. It doesn't particularly... It does. You know, honestly, if I were to... Looking at the figure... You're talking about the figure, right? Yeah. The action figure? Yeah, the action figure that you could murder a person with? Yeah, it's like 20, 25 pounds of plastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that that does look more like a rampaging Hulk than a, than a mortal Hulk to me. Agree, but, but it does come with a robot Hulk. I think head, you're right. So that's important. It, it does. <laughs> no, it's a cool ass figure. It is. It's it's really nice. Uh, and Miles Morales, Spider Man number twenty four, is out. Not reading Miles Morales right now. I probably should be. Yeah. Uh, I missed a bunch of issues and I just fell off. Uh, Miskatonic number He's five. He's like hanging around with Ms. Marvel. Oh. That's basically what's happening in that economy. Yeah. And honestly, as soon as they kept like pointing towards the fact that they were like, hey, we're leading up to Miles Morales' clone saga, I was like, I can stop reading this book. <laughs> and that was pretty much when I stopped. It is. It's still solid enough, but it's going to be like well written. I'm and, sure it's great. Right. I always flip through it. Um. We've got so many uh, reaction figures in this week, including uh, the the Lemmy from Motorhead action figure. Yeah, amazing. Uh, we've got Ninjas and Robots number five out. We've got Oblivion Song Volume Five, the trade paperback. Once in Future number seventeen is out, and there's something out called the Parakeet. What? It's the parakeet. It is the parakeet. The way that the fucking image loaded, it said parakeet. 
Oh, nice. thank you, my computer. I really appreciate you making me look like a fucking moron there. That was really helpful. Uh, okay, so <laughs> yeah, this is a this is a another one of those big ass uh, hard covers that is really depressing. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about these like it, it, honestly, bipolar, it looks gorgeous. I'm gonna post schizophrenic, the... sad stories, but it's probably yeah. somebody's cup it's of French. tea. That would that would explain it. It is French. If you are if you are want to be up on your European uh, artists, Espe, I, I believe was the name of the artist. Yeah. It looks cool. Like when I posted yeah. a video to Instagram of the shelf, I, I I didn't like flip through the book or anything, but like you can get a sense of what it looks like on that if you're curious. Yeah, I uh, yeah I think like two weeks ago, whenever Jaybird came out. I read that and I was like, well, I don't ever need to read another depressing bird book. That thing took me out for a little while. Jesus, could that thing have been any sadder? No, it could not possibly have been. What a depressing, depressing book. Um, I, I didn't even see it. It was gorgeously illustrated, but a real downer. Um, but on the other on the other side of the spectrum from depressing books, we have a pop vinyl figure of a sentient can of spam. Yes, that's right. It's a sentient can of spam pop vinyl. Uh, so he's got a face. He's what? holding his, he's holding his own key. The, <laughs> if I remember properly from when I was growing up in Northern Maine did, and did you hide? <laughs> ate spam. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no. my dad used to make spam burgers whenever my mom <sighs> went, went away and he made dinner. Yeah. They were actually really good. Oh yeah, like I'm not it's gonna fucking lie. Salty like, it was shit. fucking really good. I mean, it, it's oh, like yeah, yeah. it's For crazy sure. how important spam is to Hawaiian cooking, and it's like they do yeah, such no, amazing definitely. shit with it that it's like, hmm, maybe I'm maybe I'm missing something about spam. But in this case, this spam is sentient, and uh, it's it's pretty amazing. I, if got, only got I little, had seen it. Got little feet. If, if arms. only I had seen it. Yeah, you probably would. I would have, have bought it for my wife. You probably would not have been able to to resist it. Uh, no, oh, no, I, I would have definitely bought that for Allie in a second if I know, had seen it. There's a there's a restaurant that is her cup of tea. <laughs> Covered in bees was playing at some club in Lewiston, and there was a pizza place down the street <laughs> where we went to get dinner, and they served pizzas that you had to specifically ask to remove the spam. They always had spam. <laughs> spam was a key ingredient to every single pizza they sold, and you had to be like, I would like you to hold the spam, please. We we were actually at the grocery store this week and commenting on how we really wish there was a turkey-based spam because mm. we do not eat pork or beef. And so assuming that one of the meats that is ground into spam is one of those two. Probably. I'm sure. I'm sure it's at least one it's of safe, those. It's a safe bet. It's, <laughs> it's at least beef. It's, I think it's I think it's pork mostly. I think oh, yeah. I think that's why that's why it has ham in the name. Spam. Oh duh. Spam. Yeah. Ham. I mean I never I clearly have spent zero time thinking about what actually is inside spam, but yes, it is ham based. <laughs> it's a portmanteau right. of special ham. <laughs> I hope that, I hope that's not true. 
special ham being human flesh. Uh, that, that's what I that's what I like to call people meat. Special ham. Um, okay. Uh, oh, speaking of people meat, post Americana number four. Oh man! Whoa! Character, new character alert. New character <laughs> alert. Holy shit! A delightful new character <laughs> alert. Oh man! Yeah, this book. Donnie. We don't really need to go too much into this book, but suffice to say, it's still yeah. awesome, and it, yeah. it's it's just it's more fun than it should be, uh, and that's all. I so. I want a spinoff of the Night Terror oh. and Donnie. Oh, me too. Um, I kind of pretty badly. I would be all <laughs> for that. Unfortunately, there's just really no people left on the planet for them to do battle with. <laughs> there's like one yeah. of the, there's like one or 10,000 people left on earth. So it's not really, yeah. not really going to be all that helpful. Um, okay. So another standout, exciting book this week, provenance of madness. Is Ooh, yeah. Talk week. to me about this. This is okay. Dabari, right? This is Christian Dabari, our friend Dabari, who, obviously worked on rad wraith and has done a bunch of amazing things he's working on some really cool stuff right now as well and this is all lovecraft adjacent which is really cool um you know it's it's not like retellings of of mountains of madness or call of cthulhu it's things that are uh, sort of happened afterwards or are like part of those stories so it's it's just sort of it's sort of tacked on it's sort of like the august derleth kind of kind of world where they're talking about the events of these things and then making their own stories after the fact uh so really cool and uh it is a trade paperback so it's like a full-sized graphic novel of this uh it was done for their uh their patreon that they do and uh, and they pulled it together for this through uh, through Black Caravan, and it's it's great. I yeah, I'm really into it, and I'm really excited for Techno Horror, which is coming out soon too. That's actually, I'm that's my big my big excitement is to read that. But uh, this is also really wonderful. So yeah, check it out. Real good stuff. Uh, awesome. We've got. A Marvel Select edition of Welcome Back, Frank. So they've released uh, the Punisher Welcome Back, Frank story as a some sort of like Marvel's doing these. They're calling them select hardcovers. So it's like whatever the really the the biggest, most famous story of, you know, whatever series. And then they release them in these these nice hardcovers. This one's great. And Welcome Back, Frank is the best Punisher story ever. It's hard to disagree with that. Or let's say it's the best Punisher yeah. story in the Marvel Universe. Uh, you could argue that some of the other NS ones are better when they get out of the Marvel Universe. But uh, but this one is the best one that interacts with Marvel characters, definitely. Uh, this just yeah. It's so littered with fun things that you would never imagine people doing with Marvel characters. It's just... Just delightful. God damn, I love the series. So it's it's worth it alone for yeah. the scene where he runs over Wolverine with a, with a steamroller and then shoots his face <laughs> off with a shotgun. 
<laughs> I mean, that is pretty good. That was one of my favorite parts. Uh, yeah. So it's yeah. He's Ennis. Uh, Ennis went let loose on mainstream <laughs> superheroes is uh, is definitely like uh, some of the best. Uh, his so, DC stuff also. Hitman uh, did Hitman. some really really funny shit. Yeah, Hitman was awesome. Yeah. But someone like yeah, and he and he never goes for like the low hanging fruit. Like he would never go after like Deadpool. Like, yeah. but he fucking hates Wolverine, and I love how much he hates Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, it's it's delightful. I feel like Garth Ennis's hatred of Wolverine is its own character. It really is. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, so good. Like it stands on its own as a separate character. It's just this is his hatred of this one character. <laughs> oh shit. We have Rain Like Hammers number three um, from Brendan Graham. There's some of the best art in this series in this issue. There's a couple, there's like a double page spread that's like so fucking cool. Yeah. Um, I love this guy's art. I've, I've never seen love him it. do photo collage stuff before. I think that was cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, for real. I mean, he he's been doing a little bit more of that, like like kind of flipping little bits of like little pictures in it here and there, but not a lot of it. Yeah, I'd never um, seen it before, and I thought it was really cool. Like somewhat, re- I think it's somewhat of a more recent technique. But uh, I like this. I think honestly, this might be my favorite thing he's done since King City. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah, I really dig this series. It's very cool. It's like because it's like also like it's clearly like he's like working some shit out you know so it's like you got that like art as therapy kind of like um yeah it's cool cool uh we got red sonia number 25 multiple covers of this thing um a really good issue i i hadn't checked out a red sonia comic in forever and i i was really impressed the art's great it's it's pretty solid book uh nice yeah really shocking i had actually not been carrying red sonia for a really long time because i think the last time i grabbed it it was fucking terrible so i was like eh, i could just skip it i brought it back because people were buying a lot of these things with multiple weird covers and buying them for the cover illustrations i was like sure i'll do some of these dynamite series and uh and turns out it's pretty good um savage avengers number 19 which is a king in black tie-in is out there's another one of the Michael Cho two-tone covers. Super awesome. And nice. Scumbag number six. All oh, done man. by Bengal. <laughs> yeah. I, I, so I think that the deal with Scumbag is that every single issue yeah. is drawn by someone else. Yeah. Uh, because there hasn't been a repeat. And uh, yeah, he has the Fortress of Volitude in this one. <laughs> um, also, I'd just like to uh, point out that I am as yet still as much as i can't draw there are certain things that i'm on the tip of the fucking zeitgeist with when i do draw <laughs> shit but the fucking panel with the fucking heart eyes in this yeah and i was like i just drew heart mm-hmm. eyes on a guy I just did <laughs> now here it is in a mainstream comic which was clearly drawn before i drew it well, but like i didn't true. know that yes I don't know. Anyway, uh, I do. I do uh, love. There's like a bunch of new characters. Like this is the first issue in in the new arc, um, and so there's like uh, I don't know. It's cool. I'm gonna be mad um, if Remender never does an issue. I'm gonna be pissed. 
I think that's oh, man. I, I think that's unfair. I think Reminder needs to fucking illustrate one of these issues because he's yeah. amazing. I love his art, and this would be the perfect opportunity for him to do a one-off where he doesn't have to like, you know, he doesn't have to commit to anything. Sure, it's going to take up a month of his life, but it's going to be awesome, and it would be really cool. I, <laughs> I'd love to see it. I, I've never seen him draw anything. I, I I mean, I loved his stuff going back to Blackheart Billy, which I thought was amazing. Uh, that was his old. Okay, yeah, comic. I did. I never read that one. That was uh, every time. Uh, every time Fat Records put out a new uh, a new punk rock sampler, there was a new Blackheart Billy comic that would come out with it, and that was that was oh. Reminder's. That was my first introduction to Reminder. Uh, he did th- okay three issues of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for Image. I believe three issues. Maybe I'm wrong. And they were wow. really good. Like really fucking good. Like some of my favorite turtles wow. art was in those issues. Uh, like he, he's really awesome. I, I'm honestly disappointed that he doesn't do art anymore because he has become, you know, he's a fucking juggernaut. You know, he's got 17 different series going simultaneously. He's constantly taken Hollywood meetings. He's now a, uh, he's becoming a Kirkman. You know, there's not, there's no stopping him. It's too bad because I would, huh. I would at least like to see him pause for a minute and do some stuff. Occasionally, if you uh, follow him on Instagram, he'll do like a little, like he'll be sitting around probably, I don't know, getting high or whatever. And he's just like drawing little, little sketches. And those are great. But that seems like about all he does these days. I mean, aside from the 56 <laughs> comics that he writes each week. Um, Shadow Doctor, number two. <laughs> Who's excited uh, about that? I am. Oh, God. No. I know. Oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know, I, I was just showing Tristan through the Zoom a, <laughs> uh, a close-up of a panel from the, the, the scumbag that, uh, like... Reminds me of an old Evan Dorkin one that uh, is like how to get sued. Yep. And then the comic shows uh, Mickey Mouse and he's like, boy, do I fucking hate kids. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, anyway, sorry. Uh, he if, does, though. If you if you read the final page of the scumbag number six, you will understand that reference. Uh, yes. <laughs> so uh, continuing Shadow Doctor. Uh, from Aftershock. This is that that crazy story uh, of the Prohibition era uh, black doctor who winds up... It's, yeah. I, it's still probably a spoiler, so I'm not going to say what happens. Like but working for Al Yeah, I guess. Oh. Fuck it. He winds up working for Al Capone. Uh, we're, at, we're on issue two at yeah, this yeah. point. So, Sorry. Uh, so we can yeah. say that. Um, and that's... That's a crazy story. I mean, that, it sucks that you can't say that because it is the selling point of the story is this guy yeah. couldn't get hired any place. They wouldn't allow him to do anything because he's black, you know, during this era. And he couldn't he couldn't get his own practice. He couldn't do anything. So he winds up working for Al Capone. Crazy. And it is written by the grandson mm-hmm. of the person who really did this thing. So what an amazing story. Yeah. That first issue was great, and I forgot the title of it, so when I saw it on the stand, I forgot to get it. I'll have to come back and get this one. Yeah, and that I, Mr. Spam. 
Funko Pop. You need Mr. Spam, too. Uh, and Skyward Hardcover. Awesome. If you enjoyed Skyward. Oh, man, this series was... I did. It It kind of dovetailed in the middle and became about giant dragonfly riding sure did. people. But the, old, the, the, the hard science fiction... <laughs> hard science fiction the 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 science-based concept of skyward mm-hmm. where basically like something happens that creates lesser gravity on earth and people like i don't know it was cool some genuine really good twists and i think it would be a great read doing it all yeah. like in an omnibus so uh yeah. seeing that on the shelf i hope someone is like yeah this looks cool and 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 grabs it because it's a great read yeah, this is uh, this is all fifteen issues of the series. Um, yeah, it's great. Nominated for Eisner's for a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, it's great. Lee Gar Lee Garbett is the artist, and he's yep. really good. Yeah, Lee Garbett did. Was that Loki agent of Asgard? He's on something right now at Marvel. Yes. Yeah, maybe yep. I don't know yep. who it is, but was, uh, he was he was on every- Loki agent of Asgard, which was a really great series. Nice. And he's, he's doing something for Marvel right now, like I think so, monthly yeah. as of now, but I can't remember what book it is. Yes. Well, don't Sorry. worry. We have Sonic, who is a hedgehog. Um, <laughs> new issue of that. We have a trade paperback of Spy Island, which was an awesome series that, uh, you know, I, I have no idea what even to call it, to be quite frank. It's like sort of a throwback man from uncle, uh, like 60s. It's got a real like mod look to it. It's just, it's really cool. Mm. It's just a fun looking book. Yeah, great cover too. Oh, the the covers to all of them were great. Um, and yeah, I like this book a lot. Um, yeah, if you are looking for a spy book, awesome. that is kind of that like very knowing man from Uncle style, where it's like everything's just kind of extra hip you know like way way too (laughs) like futurist and awesome that's this is the one it's great uh (laughs) like a little yeah it's it's just a very very that era of james bond uh the good era of james bond star wars dr afro number eight is a comic book uh and stray dogs number two is out I will say I read this issue and it did kind of win me over. The first one I thought was a great concept that was clearly going to be a really good movie when they make it. I'm going to be excited about the cartoon that they make out of it, but it didn't, it just felt like a a premise. It didn't feel like a comic. And, um, and this one expands the premise just enough that I'm, I'm a little more on board. I, I enjoyed this one more than I enjoyed the first one. That's what I'll say. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. Um, it felt like the first one was selling because people thought it was going to be money and didn't feel like people were buying it so that they could read it. (laughs) One of those books. Um, (laughs) but, uh, you know, whatever. I, I like, I like it. Yeah, I think it's a it's a cool it's a cool concept, and I love the art style. Yes, 
Speaking of people whose art style I love, Yannick Paquette, who did the entire run of Swamp Thing with ah, Scott Snyder. Sweet. And we have Snyder, the yeah. new 52 omnibus of Swamp Thing. So it's a $125 omnibus that contains every issue of that whole series. Um Definitely, I remember there were a few like real placeholder issues in there, but because they had some some weird things where they were trying to make Animal Man and Swamp Thing line up at some point, so they wound up having to. Add yeah, there was like, a cr- there was a crossover. Yeah, there was a crossover, so it was like the last couple of issues going into it were kind of hinky, where it was like, oh, uh, and also I I went home and got my keys, and now I'm back. Okay, <laughs> hey, <laughs> oh crap, oh I think I left the toaster on. Uh, I gotta go back, but overall <laughs> I loved it, and he is. Uh, I mean, it's so hard to choose a favorite Swamp Thing artist, but man, he brought something so special to Swamp Thing. Yannick Paquette's Swamp Thing is is definitely it's it's just so original. Even though it it sticks to the the concept, the core idea, but I love the way that he draws Swamp Thing. And there's like fifty other people who are like my favorite Swamp Thing artists, so it's hard. But I do love Yannick Paquette. I uh, I interacted with him on Facebook recently uh, in uh, in the comic group that I belong to. I posted a panel of uh, he had done uh, some art for a DC thing that had like a bunch of characters in it, and uh, and I spelled both his first and last name wrong, and he nice. like I didn't realize he was part of the group. Oh, good job! <laughs> and uh, yeah, I know, real real cool, and uh, and someone basically tagged him in the post, and I was just like fuck and then he like came on and he was really nice but he was yeah. just like and you managed to misspell both my first and last <laughs> i was like i mean granted your name is yannick paquette yeah. but still dude uh you know believe me also when... people have been misspelling my last name my whole life so when but that said i was embarrassed when he was at the the convention that we put on i was like i kept having to write things about him and i would have to double check the spelling Every single time, even when it was like two paragraphs that I'd use it separately, I'd be like, I'm going to go back and check that just to be absolutely sure. I got to be absolutely positive that I'm not fucking this up. But uh, yeah. Yeah. And also he came and it's hidden currently on my desk. But when he saw that uh, that Bissette had drawn a swamp thing on our desk here, he was like, oh, really? get me my watercolors. And so he goes out (laughs) and he like, he gets all of his shit together and he like watercolors this full fucking swamp thing piece on our desk, which is, it's gorgeous too. It's so beautiful. Um, yeah. And it's like literally the most covered up area because he being who he is, he's jokingly an egomaniac who is also a total egomaniac. Um, (laughs) Which is funny, like, he knows that he's being an egomaniac, but he's also like, yeah, but, you know, look at what I can do, so go fuck Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Which is kind of funny. Um, But yeah, you know, we got a free, gorgeous piece of art from him, just because he was like, Honestly, it's probably good that it's covered up. Yeah, I know. (laughs) It's it's probably good that it's covered up, because he's preserving it. It's true. Uh, We got... 
two Taskmaster books this week. We've got a reprint of number three that was like the first appearance of a character that no one will ever see again. And so everybody bought it, even though they weren't reading Taskmaster. Um, but uh, now if you missed it and you were one of the people reading Taskmaster who got screwed out of it because people wanted to resell the first appearance of somebody. Uh, I don't remember who it was, but uh, whatever. We have it now. Uh, we got Taskmaster yes. number five out this week as well. So that's the fifth issue of a five-issue miniseries. All wrapped up nice and tight. For all I know uh, from what everyone has said, it's pretty great. It had very uh, a very low drop-off rate, so I'm guessing it was really good. I read the first one nice. and thought it was really good. But like people who bought the first issue pretty much across the board have continued to to buy the issues. Wow. Uh, Teen Titans Academy number one. Huh. What do you think? Uh, opinions. You know, okay. So my, I, I have to couch any opinion that I have with the fact that I did only skim it and Uh-oh. it is very dense. Um, I read it cover to cover. I really like this. Okay. Then you should talk about it first. Cause this is like a book that like is literally for me and I, I don't want to, let my expectations, which is really mostly what I can talk about, uh, color it. So what did you think? I Besides thinking Gorilla Greg is the best I character. I, I, I was very excited about Gorilla Greg. I'm not going to lie. But yeah, I, yeah. Also, uh, I also thought that it felt a little herky-jerky as far as like the actual comic itself. Like, leaving aside the concept and the way that they're going about it, um, I felt like, as far as writing went, they they whoever is the writer on this, um, oh, God. Uh, Sheridan, Tim Sheridan. It's another new DC writer. Okay. Hasn't done a lot of stuff. He attempted an awful lot of, like, full-on comedy beats that, just whimpered and died sadly which were rough um and i wonder if he's a tv writer i was wondering that as well it definitely felt like well this would have worked on two and a half men uh you know like yeah yeah there were there were a few things that felt like like straight up like cliched sitcom lines that i was not stoked about but as a whole just as the the concept of this book going forward and do I want to read a series like this a hundred percent I like I like most of the new characters I like the choices of the characters that they kept slash brought back I like uh, I like the villain I like the mystery of the villain that they've got going on uh, I'm I'm into almost every bit of this thing I just felt like there was some clunky writing and some clunky pacing to the issue. Um, and, yeah. and that's, that's something where this writer can probably find his, you know, find his feet and make this thing great at some point, or he can leave and somebody else could take this thing up and make a great comic too, because it is the, the shell of this is perfect. This is where you want teen Titans it makes perfect sense for everything. Having them be having the the team that you like be the the ones who are instructing a new generation 
you know, it's it's what you want, and yeah. they're they're behaving in the way that you would expect them to behave. Uh, based on, it's not going to disappoint kids that were like, "I loved Teen Titans Go." They're going to read this and they're going to be like, "Oh, this is what those super goofy, over the top anime ridiculous characters were when they grew up." Um, they're they're going to follow this and be be into it. I think it it works for people who are fans of the Jeff John series from way back and Teen Titans Go and you know the Teen Titans series. I think it's I think it's a really smart move. That's all. Yeah, the, it, it does obviously focus like uh, hugely on the new characters and oddly doesn't really give them. Um, I mean, I think one of the things that like comic book language is like they do need like having them all basically have the exact same uniform is really like it makes it really hard uh, for them to visually stand out. And I yeah. do feel like it's like very wordy, but uh, that was a new characters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, some, no, some it's, it's just funny. Like seem like. No, sorry. <laughs> keep interrupting each other because no, of the no, fucking no. lag on the zoom. But no, yeah, I was yeah, just going to say, uh, so strange Academy, which this is obviously riffing on to a certain extent. It feels like every single one of these new books is like, we've got, you know, you've got immortal Hulk. We've got this swamp thing that kind of does the same thing. We've got the, like, they're kind of doing a little riff. They're doing a little, like, instead of like really ripping it off, like, like Dan DiDio tried to do. They're kind of like, hey, let's do our own version of these things. This feels like it is, in, to a certain extent, a tiny, like, it's a little riff on Strange Academy. Strange Academy chose very specifically to allow everyone to wear their own costume. Like, everyone had their mm-hmm. own look, and it was kind of like, because you had Doyle Dormammu, who has, like, little, like, fucking Angus Young schoolboy outfit, because his dad was like, yeah, you're going to dress like a fucking school kid. And, you know, those kind of things. And it helps you identify them. But I feel like these these uniforms are definitely detrimental. So, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't work. I, agree I mean, the exactly ones that, with you. <laughs> the ones that stand out are the one for me, are the ones that stand out yeah. visually. Like the Gorilla, gorilla Greg character. Greg, uh, who's just stitches. a gorilla. The like, oh, who's a, oh yeah, gorilla. I'm and excited then, like, the about stitches. The uh, the pansexual, yeah, the nine uh, non-binary, <laughs> yeah, non-binary yes. effigy character. Like, yes. um, and then obviously like the characters that aren't white stand out because there aren't a lot of them. Um, yep. But that said, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I it. it I wasn't really expecting a huge amount from this, but the way the characters look on the cover is very different from how they look inside the comic. And I just, uh, the blue tea costumes need to go right away because yeah. they suck. Agree. Like they're not interesting to look at and whatever, but, uh, but the mystery of the, of the story is cool. And like, I, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm a huge Titans Stan or whatever from like my, my youth all the way to today. And so if I had one single complaint, maybe it was that, like that I, the, the original Titans get like kind of shafted. And then there's a, a fair amount of focus on the, the newer teen Titans team, which I just can't stand. I just don't, <laughs> I don't like them. 
Oh, I don't oh, like those uh, the guy that turns into bouncing balls. I don't like like the the newest Kid Flash. I'm not a huge fan of. Um, I mean, he's all right. Uh, and the Red Arrow and the Lobo Kid, you know, those ones are all right. And I do like that they used uh, the guy that uh, makes the the blocks. Like yeah. that was the most dynamic yeah. new Titans character for me. I, I really think like he's, him. I think. Uh, um, yeah, that that era of Teen Titans. It's just that, a, it, that new Fifty Two Teen Titans crew. Whew. The guy that made yeah, blocks. Yeah. Maybe but, maybe it's just my imagination, but when that guy showed up at the same time that Minecraft was po- was popular, I was like, "Are you <laughs> fucking kidding me? This ki- you can't just I be actually, like, is that for real? You're like Minecraft is cool, so his powers are like Minecraft." yikes yeah I don't but know. he's actually kind of I a cool character really like, no i agree yeah i like that character um <laughs> I, I just agree. the thing is is like when you start having a cast like there are minimum 30 characters in this oh, comic yeah. and it's like you start getting into legion of superheroes territory which is just like it's just impossible to wrap your brain around it like you have to it really like i don't know we'll we'll see where it where it goes but i did really like really like the art i yeah. hope that they keep yeah. rafa sandoval uh he is very good and needs a solid home yep. and a decent book where his talents are because like he is like he's been around at dc for long enough that like they need to be spotlighting him and keeping him because then they're gonna if they, if not they're gonna lose him yeah and they're gonna lose him like they lost uh pat gleason and that's not good because like those are they need good artists at yep. dc like agree Agree. Yep, we agree. Um, all right. Anyway, we have uh, the deluxe Mandalorian and child from Hot Toys, which is one of the most Ooh. amazing things ever. Uh, it, you want to <laughs> talk about something that I was like, oh, I should, I really want to take this thing home, but not going to. <laughs> I am every day thankful for the fact that I never developed a habit for Hot Toys. They are really expensive and just, they take up a lot of space. That is like the idea that like I will eventually one day take one home and then that's it. It's like it's it's now the <laughs> floodgates are open. It terrifies me. Uh, and this definitely hot would be one of the ones because it is it's exactly it's so exactly all you want. Like you want the Mandalorian, you want the best Mandalorian figure, that's what this is. This is, like, so perfect, it's crazy. And it's got the child in the pram mm-hmm. with, like, all the accessories. It's like, oh, it looks so good. But uh, but again, you know, it's, like, nearly yeah. 400 bucks, and uh, that's a lot of money. <laughs> uh, but it, it is really cool. Like, Mandalorian, is, it lends itself very much to, yeah. like, doing toys because you don't have to worry about, like, the likeness. It's yeah. just, like, it's just a mask. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe his mask comes off and he looks just like that's actually a good question because it is uh, or whatever. It, it is uh, it is hot toys. So they also have the creepy, like hyper realistic faces, too, which is yeah, on sometimes really unnerving. That Yondu figure that they did yeah. a while back was like legitimately unnerving. It looked like a tiny human being <laughs> with like blue skin. Weird. Ah, kind of gives you yeah. the heebie-jeebs. No. <laughs> yeah little little puppet no, there's master a, there's people living in your house a... yep uh, no mas no mas uh <laughs> let's see we got some turtles reaction we've got the casey jones foot soldier samurai leonardo and the sewer surfer uh the michelangelo 
pretty amazing. We got a couple more of the uh, Transformers ones. We have the the eighth manga for Toilet Bond Bound Hanaku. Oh God, God, I don't want to have to try to explain Toilet this. Toilet Bound. Thing. Yeah, I don't fucking know, man. Okay, then don't. I I literally <laughs> do not understand. I don't think it has anything to do with anything. Um, I don't believe it even relates to someone who is stuck on the toilet who has to be uh, who has to be removed by medical purposes like that one lady. Uh, so I, <laughs> Gross. I, I think it's just a series of words. And I like a lot of these <laughs> a lot yeah. of a lot of manga are just kind of a series of words. I don't know how they relate to the plot. Most of the time, I don't care. Um, sometimes I do. <laughs> Yeah. Undiscovered Country Volume 2 Trade Paperback. Awesome. And holy shit, best cover of the week. Uh I'm not usually one for cover homages, but holy shit. Usagi Yojimbo's Swamp Thing homage this week is so so cool. God damn it. It's such a good cover. Um just ah, oh, man. So good. Whatever. We got Vampirella versus Purgatory. It is a comic book out. It oh, is. <laughs> and, and also, if if you've ever wanted an action figure of uh of Chet after he's turned into the giant shit monster from Weird Science, <laughs> uh we got that. We got the uh the giant belching shit monster version of Chet from <laughs> reaction. I believe it was supposed to be uh, a New York Comic Con exclusive, uh, but uh, there's obviously not a New York Comic Con. So uh, we got that. Uh, X Men Epic nice. Collection Sentinels Live trade paperback. We got a bunch of the, Earth. and we have a bunch of the those cool little Japanese Zoids figures. These are the beta class. So they're the nice. smaller ones. They're like little puzzles you put together that have weird mechanical things in them. And they're awesome. And they're like, they're so, they're so Japanese. It hurts your head. Their little pilots are like just amazing. Yeah. Sixties like, style anime characters. They're awesome. Love it. Uh, and that's it. That's yeah. what we got this week. That was a whole bunch of shit, man. Woo. Yeah, these things yeah, are not weird. short I it anymore. Was a light week, but yeah, no, there's just a lot of product. There's a lot we, of you know shit we're to we're, we're trying real hard. To, <laughs> I to tried to plow it, through this so as fast product. as possible, uh, but there you go. Yeah. Follow us at Coast City Comics uh, and uh, buy things from CoastCityComics.com. Follow this podcast at Um Actually Comics on the Instagram, uh, and uh, and we will see you next week with more stuff. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, you smoked me with the. Don't need no tea. Don't need no chicory. Don't need the buzz coming down on me. If I had one wish, I'd wish it all away.